WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by Special Light Indicator in Benton Harbor. There's a good chance you've walked through a Special Light door when you go to a local restaurant, school, store, or plant. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. Following a review process that took a special committee nearly 120 hours, it's been decided 13 formally challenged books will stay on the shelves at the St. Joseph High School Library. The committee found each book supported the diverse developmental, cultural, and social needs of high school readers and are appropriate for the age and maturity level of the high school students. Superintendent Jenny Fee said at a school board meeting last last night she agrees with the decision. She spoke to the importance of school libraries. Our libraries are really important. They create those lifelong readers and those lifelong learners. The books in our collection are windows to the outside world. It allows our kids to see things they can't see without that book. The committee, made up of administrators, teachers, and parents, also decided to implement a labeling system to identify young young adult books, as well as offer parents an option to decline certain books by signing a form at the start of the year. You can find out more at our website. A celebration has been held to mark the completion of the latest phase of Corwell Health South's new pavilion in St. Joseph. At a gala last night, leaders of Corwell Health said the new pavilion will make the area more competitive and provide better health care for all. Corwell Health South Board of Directors Chair Christine Van Landingham said despite pandemic setbacks, the new more than $180 million facility is open. We should be incredibly proud of the journey we've been on and where we are now. Because people choose to live in a place and raise their families and to stay in areas where excellence in healthcare is available. And we are so proud to offer them that here. Corwell Health South President Lauren Hamill told us the project goes back more than 20 years when community leaders knew more space would be needed. Instead of building a hospital in a cornfield, we knew this was the place our community needed a hospital right between Benton Harbor and St. Joe. So we built an inpatient tower a number of years ago and then to complete that project, Project, we've put in a pavilion. Hamill said all clinical services are being moved out of the old buildings throughout the community into the new pavilion. Whirlpool CEO Mark Bitzer said the most common questions the company gets asked from potential employees are about the health care system and the school system. He said the new facility makes the community more attractive to those who might move here. Michigan's firearm deer hunting season is now underway. The Michigan Department of Natural Resources says hunters can expect excellent conditions this season. New this year is that hunters who take a deer have to report it online within 72 hours. Chad Stewart is with the DNR's Deer, Elk, and Moose Management Division. For Michigan deer hunters, November 15th is probably the equivalent of December 25th. Uh, you know, it's, it's the date that they have been looking forward to most of the year, if not all of the year. And we would fully expect close to probably 400,000 deer hunters to participate in deer hunting over the next two weeks here in Michigan. And that ranks right at the top of almost any state in the country. Stewart says those unable to report bagging a deer can call the DNR for assistance. Last year, nearly 540,000 hunters harvested nearly 400,000 deer in the state. Firearm deer season runs through November 30th. AAA Michigan is expecting next Thursday to be the third busiest Thanksgiving travel day since it started tracking those numbers in 2000. 
Spokesperson Adrian Woodland tells us travel statewide next week will be up by about 34,000 over last year. Our projections are actually just behind pre-pandemic travel numbers. So AAA forecasts more than 1.7 million Michiganders will travel 50 miles or more for the Thanksgiving holiday. Woodland says most of those travelers will be going by automobile, despite gas being about 70 cents more per gallon at this time than it was this time last year. 89% of Thanksgiving travelers will drive. As for those flying, she has some advice. You definitely want to check in early and check in online. You want to monitor your flight status using your air carrier's mobile app. Arrive at least two to three hours before your scheduled departure. She recommends packing a carry-on with emergency supplies just in case. Woodland says the busiest time for driving will be next Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving, between about 11 in the a.m. and 8 p.m., Leave earlier if you're planning to drive. She also asks everyone to slow down and give a break to anything with flashing lights as AAA expects to rescue 400,000 stranded drivers nationwide this Thanksgiving. The Michigan Department of Natural Resources is taking public comments on its statewide comprehensive outdoor recreation plan, or SCORP. The DNR's John Pepin tells us the five-year plan is submitted to the National Park Service as the DNR seeks support for development of its park system. The plan covers all the parks and their uses. Even to just people hiking, you know, taking their dog out for a walk. And it's not just the DNR involved. It's federal facilities like national parks all the way down to municipal parks. Pepin says the DNR conducted statewide surveys to get the thoughts of Michiganders on what's important to them when it comes to the parks. We asked, what are people's barrier to recreation? Are they satisfied with recreation facilities close to their home and all different types of things we address, trying to find gaps. Uh, Pepin says the DNR has found the number one use for state recreation areas is pretty simple. It's just that people looking are looking for a place to go for a walk. The DNR says the public comment period on the plan is now through December 1st. We'll have a link to it at our website. And with Black Friday next week, St. Joseph Today is reminding everyone of a shopping opportunity with a more local flavor. It'll be Small Business Saturday, next Saturday. St. Joe Today's Amy Zabel says you'll be able to find gifts for everyone at downtown shops, which will be offering sales and other specials. She tells us when someone spends $100 at a local business, around $68 stays in the local community. When they spend the same amount at a big box store, much less stays in the community. That's according to the Civic Economic Study in Grand Rapids. Name a downtown business, and they probably are taking part in Small Business Saturday next week. St. Joe Today invites everyone to stop by the area and notes that it's acting as a neighborhood champion for the American Express National Small Business Saturday campaign and will hand out a limited number of swag items at the Welcome Center. You can find out more at stjoetoday.com slash shopsmall. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dwajak, where furniture shopping is fun. There's been a worrying development in the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Some Russian missiles crossed into NATO member Poland today, killing two people. More from ABC's Tom Rivers in Kiev. If this is deemed to be an armed attack by NATO member states, the United States being the most important country in that alliance by far, then under their charter, the NATO charter, then all member states of NATO would respond to that as an attack on each and every state. Now, it's possible that NATO does not and that these Russian missiles, if confirmed, 
falling in Polish territory are stray missiles, and this could be open to interpretation. Russia pounded, pounded Ukraine's energy facilities with its biggest barrage of missiles yet today, striking targets across the country and causing widespread blackouts. A senior U.S. intelligence official said missiles crossed into NATO member Poland, where two people were killed. A second person told the Associated Press apparent Russian missiles struck a site in Poland about 15 miles from the Ukrainian border. If confirmed, the strike would mark the first time in the war that Russian weapons have come down on a NATO country. The Russian Defense Ministry denied being behind any strikes near the Ukrainian-Polish border and said in a statement, photos of reported damage have nothing to do with Russian weapons. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer is teeing up a key vote on a federal law that would codify same-sex and interracial marriage. The effort to enshrine marriage equality into law has gained momentum after the Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. ABC's Elizabeth Schulze has more from Washington. There's currently no federal law protecting the right to same-sex or interracial marriage in the U.S., but that could be about to change. The Senate is set for a procedural vote Wednesday on the Respect for Marriage Act that passed the House this summer. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says he's confident it will get enough votes to pass. Millions of people will be better off if we're able to work together on this important and highly personal issue. The bill's final passage in the Senate could come sometime next week before it heads back to the House. Elizabeth Schulze, ABC News, Washington. Florida Senator Rick Scott is mounting a long-shot bid to unseat Republican Re- Senate Republican Leader Mitch McConnell. It's a rare challenge for the longtime GOP stalwart and his party, who failed to win back the majority in the midterm elections. Scott is a leader of the GOP's Senate campaign efforts and has long feuded with McConnell over the midterm elections. He's one of a group of small senators who wrote a letter to the Republican caucus over the weekend asking for a delay in this week's leadership elections to, quote, have serious discussions within our conference. Meanwhile, Kevin McCarthy has secured the position of House Speaker. Democrat Katie Hobbs has declared victory after ABC has projected her the winner of Arizona's race for governor. The projections are coming as new data came in and vote counting is wrapping up in Arizona, says ABC's Alex Stone. <laughs> After a week of counting votes in Arizona, less than recent elections, Democrat Katie Hobbs is now projected to have won the governor's race over Republican Kerry Lake. Lake has not conceded, but Hobbs is declaring victory. Arizonans chose solving our problems over conspiracy theories. Hobbs saying the results in Arizona were Democrats have won governor, secretary of state, and Senate over Republicans who aligned themselves closely with President Trump should send a message of what Arizonans want. Alex Stone, EBC News. Former Vice President Mike Pence blames Donald Trump for endangering his family, quote, and all those serving at the state capitol on January 6, 2021, in his new memoir. The book is titled So Help Me God, and it's being released today. Pence recounts the Republican former president's extraordinary effort to push him to overturn the results of the 2020 election won by Democrat Joe Biden. Pence shares his account of the day thousands of rioters stormed the Capitol, some chanting, Hang Mike Pence. The book comes as Pence appears increasingly likely to run for president in 2024. That would put him in direct conflict with Trump, who is expected to launch a re-election campaign today. President Biden has wrapped up his second day at the G20 World Leaders Summit in Bali. He attended a meeting on infrastructure and sat down with the leaders of Turkey and Italy, but he cut his night short. 
not attending dinner, says ABC's Karen Travers. President Biden skipped a dinner of world leaders at the G20 summit Tuesday night in Bali, Indonesia. The White House said he had spent a full day in meetings and needed to attend to a few items, and so he went back to his hotel early. Spokesman John Kirby told ABC News the president did not skip the dinner because he's sick. The president does not have COVID. He is perfectly healthy. He just had some uh, routine issues to deal with tonight that, it, that he wanted to take some time out to do. Karen Travers, ABC News, Washington. Prosecutors say they'll seek a life sentence with no chance of parole for a teenager who killed four fellow students at Oxford High School in Oakland County and pleaded guilty to murder and terrorism. Prosecutors in Oakland County disclosed their plans in a court filing today. 16-year-old Ethan Crumbly recently withdrew a possible insanity defense and pleaded guilty to 24 charges. The shooting occurred nearly a year ago at Oxford High School. A first-degree murder conviction usually brings an automatic life sentence in Michigan. But teenagers are entitled to a hearing where their lawyer can argue for a shorter term and an opportunity for parole. Crumbly's lawyers believe he can be rehabilitated in prison. A hearing is scheduled for February. And the United Nations is estimating the Iranian regime has killed at least 300 civilians who have taken to the streets and cities around the country to peacefully protest the regime. The crackdown has also included as many as 14,000 arrests, reports ABC's Jordana Miller in Jerusalem. Iran facing calls from the U.N. Human Rights Office to immediately release thousands of detained anti-government protesters and drop all charges against them. The U.N. agency also warning Iran's leaders it is illegal under international law to mete out the death penalty unless suspects have committed among the, quote, most serious crimes. That just days after an Iranian demonstrator was sentenced to death for allegedly helping to set a government building on fire. Jordana Miller, ABC News, 